Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? You know, fine. Let's just leave it at that. You're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, Football-wise, I'm I'm definitely getting more excited for uh, the draft coming up. I've been watching some of the draft boards, and I, I found the fact that the Bears trading their first-round draft pick just made things more exciting, because now anything could happen. Any more trades could happen leading up to the draft, and I think the draft day at the end of the month is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm definitely interested to see if the Panthers keep it or if they try to pull a similar move to the the Bears. I, I think they will because they need a quarterback. And the 101 pick is definitely the spot you want to be if you're looking to get your next franchise quarterback. Um, but I'm sure in the like the rest of the top 10 picks, there will be a lot of movement up to and probably including draft day, really. Yeah, like I, I had heard that there were other high-end picks that, teams were willing to move on so it'll just be interesting to see if they end up doing that or not but yeah i agree the panthers will probably stick with drafting a quarterback unless i suppose some someone offers them a ridiculous deal like what if you know what if they could get lamar jackson would that be worth giving up the first round pick for like the number one overall pick huh i don't know i guess that depends on what they believe in think lamar about jackson right <laughs> yeah like yeah but now I don't think they wouldn't be able to give away just that because I think the way his non-exclusive works is they'd have to give up multiple first round picks. So it would cost them the first round next year as well. Which um, might might make it too rich um, yeah. to deal. Yeah, that especially when you're giving away the 101 as one of those two. That So that might be a situation where they, they could trade down get like a late first round pick and a bunch of second and third round picks or like an extra first round pick next year. And then they could work something out like that. Cause if you're giving up like the 29th pick in the first round this year, and then like the 25th pick next year, but you have a second one next year. And then in exchange you get Lamar Jackson. That's, that's not as bad. That's much uh, more. That's a, I would do that deal. I would do that deal in a heartbeat because Lamar Jackson still has a lot of game left. I just don't think, I mean, he's had some injury issues, but I just don't think they built a great team around him in Baltimore. So I think if you can, if you can start to build a bit of a better team, which we've seen, like the Panthers have made other deals. They're putting a pretty decent offense together. Like they're trying to, like they're piecing together other pieces. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they would do something like that. But I'm just trying to think who needs a quarterback and who would have the capital to to trade to get Lamar Jackson and the Panthers were one of those teams. Yeah, but that's absolutely right. And speaking of building a a bad team around him, I got some vindication from Bills legend Jim Kelly that the the Bills need to get a good running back to help Josh Allen out. You did say that, yeah. Yeah, I I nailed that on the head or at least in the context that a Bills NFL Hall of Famer agrees with me. I don't. I really don't know <laughs> well, what that's worth. I hope it's worth. I something. mean, it's worth something. I mean, he would know, and I think, I think, it logically just makes sense that this is what they need to do. And it's just so strange that they seem they seem really against doing that. Like I don't know if they've tried and failed or they just haven't put in the effort. 
I don't think they put in the effort. I can't think of anyone that they tried and failed with. Um, like we talked about last week, everything they did with Devin Singletary, like I don't think they ever really gave him a shot to try to be like, okay, you're going to be everything. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's a better, he's a better running back than they gave him credit for, and the way they used him. Like I do think he's better than what they tried. So you're right. I think it's just been, never been part of their plan. They just don't feel, for whatever reason, that they need a a running back. Well, me and Jim Kelly disagree with you, Buffalo Bills. So take that. <laughs> take take that. Yeah. Take that. You heard it here first. Um. If you guys have any fan questions for us, uh, feel free to reach out to us on uh, social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Conquer Your Draft. Uh, you can email us directly at contact at conqueryourdraft.com, or you can go to our website, www.conqueryourdraft.com. Go to our podcast page. We've got a form there you can fill out. We love to hear from you. Always worth, Always makes the episode a lot more enjoyable when we have some fan questions coming in. Because then it's not just me and Mike talking to each other. We do that enough. Um, so Yeah, we're okay if you disagree with us, by the way. Because I know we've had some fan questions in the past. We might make fun of you, but we're, we're just kidding. Uh, we're joking around. So feel free to disagree with us. We know we've had some people write in, and um, they've disagreed with us wholeheartedly. We, we like that. That's to, to us, that's kind of fun. What's this us? What's this us that disagree with you and your Aaron Rodgers Nipples I'm pretty sure we've had some fans disagree with you on stuff. If not, we're we're going to. I will go as far as to make up a person just to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get flooded next week with just Josh hate, and none of it is from yeah. real people. It'll be it'll it's be from you. Mike, Michael, yeah. Mick, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna be a bunch of chat GBT. Yeah, GPT yeah, generated, generated, generated Josh stuff. hate. I bet yeah. you if I typed into one of those things like Josh hate, it, it'll yeah. it'll come up with some interesting it would, things. It would just spew at a bunch of insults directed towards people named Josh, and you're just <laughs> cherry picking them, throwing them into social media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned for next week's episode full of insults. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's get into the news. Um, now that we're finally caught back up and from our hiatus and back to the regular news cycle. Um, so Irv Smith Jr. tight end signed uh, with a one-year deal with the Bengals. That so, sounds like a player from the 80s. Irv Smith Jr.? <laughs> Irv Smith Jr.? <laughs> that definitely doesn't sound like he's currently playing <clears throat> in the NFL. <laughs> You're just picturing him with like a giant like handlebar mustache? That's what I'm picturing, yeah, like a handlebar mustache and a like gray, gray mustache. <laughs> Um, I don't know who if if I'm maybe I'm actually remembering who Irv Smith is and that's what I'm picturing. But th- when you just said that, that does not sound like a person who currently plays in the NFL. <laughs> well, to be fair for you, he has been injured a lot, so I can understand why you're, you're not entirely wrong. He hasn't played in the NFL that much. Okay, so this guy has not been on draft radars for fantasy then. Like, um, the name he, doesn't even sound he familiar. He was last year. Because uh, he was the Minnesota Vikings tight end. Um, I forget what he did. I think he injured his thumb last preseason. Oh, he was with Minnesota. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And and then after they got Hawkinson, obviously his um his fantasy value just like imploded. Right. Of course. I now now I actually do think I remember seeing the name. He wasn't really ever on my radar, but I think I saw him on draft lists. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he was on my radar last year up until the point that he got hurt, and then it was just a write-off. Uh, I always look forward to once a week on this show you bringing up a player I've never heard of. <laughs> I'm just like, I've never heard that person's name in my entire life. Uh, yeah. And and that's the thing. It's not like I don't know anything. I definitely, you know, I, I run, I've been running a fantasy league forever. I watch football every week. Sometimes players just under the radar. And it, you're saying he was hurt a lot. And then obviously with Hawkinson there. So that, that actually explains it quite well as to why I wouldn't recognize him off the bat. Yeah. So now that he's, he's taking Hayden Hurst's spot in Cincinnati. So he'll be, he'll get more time there. Yeah. He'll be the, I would assume he'll be the tight end one for them. Um, and obviously he'll have a, a very strong quarterback in Joe Burrow, but He's now competing with uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd for for targets, right? Yeah, I would be I would be concerned about that a bit. I just think Joe Burrow, I think at least, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks today, so, so we'll see what the stats said from the year. But my eye test tells me he's gonna he's gonna keep taking it to the next level. Like I, he's one of those quarterbacks, just like Patrick Mahomes. That I feel like he'll spread the ball around just because their offense is so you know strong. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh... He does spread it around, but now, and, and maybe we'll see something different now that it's no longer Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst was really only involved kind of like in the red zone, um, like around like those goal line situations, which which can be valuable. Like if Irv mm-hmm. Smith can carve out a role where like he might only get like two targets a game, but they're both in the end zone. <laughs> hey, hey now, Irv Smith Jr. Sorry, Irv Smith Jr. <laughs> um, if he gets two targets a game, but they're both in the end zone and he brings one of them in. Well, he had a seven mm-hmm. point game probably. There right? you go. Yeah. Which, it can happen which for, tight, for ends tight ends is nothing it, like that's like probably, that's probably a good finish. Really? It was um, this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're probably happy. Like if, if your tight ends just consistently getting you s- six or seven points like each week, like that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a report that Ryan Tannehill is expected to remain the starter for the Titans in 2023. We'll see if that kind of stays the same after the draft. Yeah. That's a good question, eh? What they're going to do is very interesting. Like that's, I don't know. Like Tannehill, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the, how long is the leash for, for Tannehill in, in like, do you think they're serious? Do you think they're going to give him half a season to see if it works? Do you think they're going to give him the full year? I think they'll probably give him probably a fairly decent leash because uh, what was it Malik Willis? Yeah, Malik Willis. Yeah, yeah, he was the one that they drafted, so he did terrible. And we're going to talk about him next week yeah. on the yeah. rookie <laughs> review. So you know, the fan requested we got fan, a fan, fan requested to, rookie review our, next week. Yeah. Our fans um, know that we did. We didn't ignore that question. That came in a couple weeks ago. It just, you know, we needed to. You needed to do your stats. Yeah, <laughs> so, I genuinely don't. It took remember, us a while. <laughs> I don't remember your name, whoever, whoever requested that. But I went and did like multiple hours of of statistics and averages and categorized every fantasy relevant uh, rookie for you. So I do hope you enjoy that episode. But we will. Talk we will about get that. your name. We'll get. We'll get your name for for the episode in a couple weeks when it comes out or next week. Like we'll we'll make sure we have that. We'll we'll name the episode after you or something. Oh jeez, <laughs> that might be. That might not be good. Like, no, that might. That, they might not want that. Maybe just credit. Just yeah, the just, credit. That's fine. Yeah, we'll give them a shout out. Um, 
So because of how bad Malik Willis did, I think Ryan Tannehill will probably have a pretty good leash unless things go off the rails. Or if they draft somebody else this year, then that might shorten his leash and they look to this newer guy. Um, another similar situation is the with the Falcons. They've named Desmond Ritter to be their starter to begin 2023. Um, they're very clear about to begin, not for all of 2023. So Right, that's it. It says begin? Okay. Yeah. And they have the eighth overall pick, so they could use that to pick up a quarterback, but yep, I guess the... Would. The, the rumblings right now are that it doesn't appear that that's what their interest is. But I don't know who else they have behind him because they got rid of Marcus Mariota. So I don't know who else Atlanta would have other than Desmond Ritter if they're not drafting someone. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know off the top of my head either. Like I, I thought everyone else is gone. Um, I would be surprised if you so you're saying that the reports are they're not going to, or they might not, or they're leaning towards not drafting a quarterback? That's what the rumblings are right now. Yep. See, oh, Taylor Heineke. They have Taylor Heineke as their... Oh, they have Taylor Heineke. Oh, okay. So they picked him up this offseason? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would assume then, you know, that's that's their backup plan right there. Yeah. And that's why they're not looking at a uh, quarterback this year. I mean, they have a lot of other problems. And yeah, that's true. They have other things to try to sort so, out. <laughs> yeah, so I think they're just going to see if if their draft of Desmond Ritter can pay off for at least this season and then yeah. move on if they need to afterwards. Yeah, that's fair. Um, wide receiver Marvin Jones is returning to the Detroit Lions on a one-year deal. He's going to be third on the depth chart behind Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams, so... Odds are he probably won't have much fantasy relevance. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Thomas is still not 100% from his uh, surgery after, I think it was week three last season. So it's still slowing him down. So that'll be something that, that'll be another, I think it'll be another off-season, like preseason um, draft give and take on where Michael Thomas should go because we've seen the wide receiver one and we've seen the guy who plays or the guy who just doesn't play so it'll be interesting to see where he goes come draft season yeah he's had a rough couple years with injuries so it's been difficult like he's kind of dropped off the radar a bit um when he he was like a that guaranteed he should be your first receiver taken now he's you know i don't know that's just such a risk like I, i i would be my mindset would be a wait and see on him um, I, I'm like slightly more uh, saying, well, okay, like Calvin Ridley's only missed a year. So I'm, I'm slightly more on wanting to pick him more so than I would with depending upon what's going on with Thomas. Like he, he's just had such a difficult couple of years. You got to wait and see with these injuries what's going to happen. Yeah, I would definitely take Ridley over Michael Thomas. Um, just with the situation Ridley's going into and the offense he's attached to. I'd even take right now, I'd even take the teamless Odell Beckham Jr. Over Michael Thomas? <laughs> I might. If I had to, if I was a choice between these two, there's a part of me that thinks Odell Beckham Jr. is going to find some team that desperately needs him at some point in time before Michael Thomas returns. Because this is this is at least two years in a row where he's been pretty much irrelevant. Like two seasons in a row. Yeah, that's true. And so, the Ravens have apparently made an offer to Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, like I still think there's a lot of interest in Odell Beckham, so I I just think I'd be slightly more inclined to go that direction before I would pick Michael Thomas. 
You know who I would pick over Michael Thomas over, though? I would pick Michael Thomas before Antonio Brown. I would hope so. <laughs> no, I will never I'll... speak to that man again. <laughs> did you speak to him before? No, <laughs> but if I if I did, I'd be giving him the silent treatment for the rest okay. of his life. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know. The, I don't think they've announced what the details of the offer for Odell Beckham Jr. are, but there was one made by the Ravens, and the Jets are still, I guess, in pretty strong contention to try to get him too. I could so, see why for both those teams why they would do that. Yeah. Yeah, They're trying to entice star quarterbacks here, right? So they want to get them a big-name receiver. I think the Ravens would be better for fantasy value for Odell. Definitely, uh, I agree. The Jets have Garrett Wilson, so I think they would just eat off each other, whereas the Ravens don't really have that wide receiver, elite wide receiver one. He would just be competing with Mark Andrews. Um, So I think that would be the better landing spot for him. Matthew Stafford is uh, deemed healthy and should be able to practice uh, pretty much back to normal as soon as he hits the gates, like without any limitations. So that's a, that's a good, a good sign. Um, yeah. And he's someone who I think could come back and have a strong year. Um, I think so. Like yeah. I think, I, I think the Rams are one of those teams that can bounce back. So he, he might come back into contention um, for like a later backup quarterback pick. Because I think he can, I think he can still do something. So he I might think be if worth... he's back to full full strength, you could probably take him as your first quarterback. Ooh, that would be risky, man. I don't know. I, I, don't I, th- know. I think if you're getting like if you wait till toward till real late to get your quarterback, I, I would I would probably be happy with him if it meant I was really stocked up everywhere else. Okay, so this is this is where I always like to ask this question because most leagues have between eight and 12 people in them. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty good. Like, but let's go off our league that has 12. Are you telling me you can't name 12 guys you'd pick over Matthew Stafford? Well, it depends on which Matthew Stafford you're getting, right? Like, like would you, right, take okay, Matthew but St- you can't, you can't know that hundred percent, right? No, but if, if he's back full health and Cooper cup is back full health, are you telling me yeah. you would want like yeah. Daniel Jones instead of him? No, no, no. No, Daniel Jones wouldn't be one of my 12. No, I'm I, I don't know. I might be able to name 12. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I can only name seven or eight that I would take over him. But you're right. If Cooper, if him and Cooper Cup are back at full strength, yes, you're you're 100 percent correct. That's great. I just don't know how how that's going to translate. Like, is Stafford really going to come back guns blazing or is he going to stumble into the year? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Could, could I, and unfortunately, that is part of the risk. But I think if. If you're the 11th or 12th team taking a quarterback off the board, you're you've already committed to the fact that you're not going to have an elite quarterback. You're not going to. It's have, what happened to me in the draft yeah. this year. So at that point, you just want a guy who's going to be stable, who's going to get you 20 <laughs> something points a game. And like, you know who I took? <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and so then Trevor Lawrence. Out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Trevor eventually Lawrence I got to it. <laughs> Yeah, Trevor, yeah, Trevor was okay. I, I ended up trading Trevor Lawrence for a bunch of good assets, yeah. but Tua was was kind of my guy. Um, but you know what? The good thing about having this podcast is we, you and I can have this discussion one episode, right? We're, I mean, we're eventually going to get into depth charts and grades for people coming into who where you should draft them. And this uh, this is the type of by by role by position breakdown we can do Absolutely. on this show, which is exciting. 
we can actually sit here and be like, let's see if we can name 12 quarterbacks better than Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for the episode where we're comparing rankings with each other and the, the words that will be said. Listen, we have never we uh, aside from one or two players, we've been more or less on the same page. You and yeah. I disagree on a few very select players and where they should rank. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll um, see how that goes. Because yeah, we, we'll we did because we did a quarterback comparison ranking for something from well, that was mid season. We were arguing about that something. was mid season. Right, right. We did like at the midway point where we ranked it, and yeah. I think we were only off by a couple people. Like there was for the, our top four was like the same almost. Like we yeah, were it was like it, I would say it was like 85, 90 percent the yeah. same, just it, just slightly the, different ordering. You and I have strong opinions on very specific people. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. There's very specific people that either you or I value more than the other person. And that always comes into play. And that's where the heat comes, yeah, <laughs> where we value fair. someone a lot more than the other person does. Um, there's still no timeline for Brock Purdy's return yet. So as it stands right now, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are going to split first team reps during early offseason workouts. So that seems to be a pretty good indication that they're still planning to go to Brock Purdy to be the starter. Because if they were looking to just go with, right back to Trey Lance, why would just split his workload? You would just say Trey yeah, Lance they gets first. Yeah, they would, they would be working more on Trey Lance. So yeah, they're probably thinking... Brock Purdy one, Trey Lance two, and let's just keep Sam Darnold ready because we're the San Francisco 49ers and everyone's going to get hurt at one point. And at some point we're going to need him. Yeah. (laughs) And at some point Sam Darnold will be starting for us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) At least they're smart. Like they're taking us the smart way by splitting it between them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it says all we need to know that Brock Purdy as of right now is the guy that they want as their number one and that they're. They've learned from last year that, okay, we need to have three guys ready to roll. Said first on this podcast. <laughs> said first that yep. Brock Purdy should be the star next year. You heard it here first, folks. I mean, I've been saying that since, I think, the Super Bowl, that Brock Purdy exactly. should, should be the number one. But We we were talking about it before anyone else. Where other people like, oh, I don't know what they'll do. Will they bring back uh, the other guy? <laughs> What's Jimmy, G- Jimmy G? <laughs> Jimmy G, Jimmy G. <laughs> people are like, Jimmy G, he'll come back next year. No? Nope. Move he went off to Vegas. Um, Tim Patrick is running routes now after tearing his ACL last August. He's still projected to be number three on the Denver's wide receiver chart if they don't make any moves um, around the draft. There's still, I think, rumors going around that uh, they might move on from uh, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Duty. So we'll see. Um, but if both of them stay there, then I would say Tim Patrick is just going to be a wide receiver three and probably pretty irrelevant for fantasy. But it's good news that he's back to practicing like without any real limitations on him at this point. Yeah, just not, as you're saying, not probably not going to be a huge impact for fantasy, but it's it's, you know, it's another weapon in the arsenal, I guess. Yeah, the famous Russell Wilson arsenal. I just <clears throat> that's the thing with him there. I don't know. I, he was so bad this year that I just, I don't, I don't know. I know he showed some life at the end of the season, but when you're playing teams that are, you know, playing all their backup players to avoid injuries, of course you're going to do well. Like you're expected to do well. He just looked awful this season. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have an answer until probably week one, whether it was, he did well because it was just backups or he did well because Nathaniel Hackett was gone. Yeah, preseason will tell us nothing. No, 
you know, preseason. Preseason is good for getting the lay of the land for like depth charts usually, but other than that, I mean, it's very hard to see how things are going to play out. So we'll probably have to wait for week one, unfortunately, and someone's going to have to take a swing and just hope they connect with Russell Wilson, I guess. Um, and last bit of news, the Arizona Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwill, was accused of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment by a former Cardinals executive. So we'll see. I don't think that'll have any impact on this season, but depending on how the league's investigation goes, that could end up impacting their draft, uh, their draft capital come the next season's draft. We saw that just happen with the Texans. So yep. something just... Uh, Pay attention to as the the season goes on. If that story, if that uh, investigation grows any legs, because the last thing they need is to have some no. some draft capital <laughs> cut out from them. Yeah, that's the last thing they need right now. But yeah, it might affect next season though. So you never know. Yep, we'll find out. So now we'll head on into like Mike said today. We're talking about quarterbacks. So twenty twenty two quarterback review. So all of this is going to be based on six-point passing touchdown scoring because that's how our league is set up. So just keep that in mind when we're going through the uh, the order of the rankings is that they're scored with six points instead of the four-point passing touchdown. And I went out and I did... I, bro- I basically broke down the fantasy finishes and separated them into tiers. So I went through the top 32 quarterbacks and the average score amongst the top 32 was 270 points for the season. Mm. So the average QB scored 270 points. So I went and made some tiers based on how players finished in comparison to that average. So they're elite, great, good, average, poor, and terrible. So this is how players are going to be broken down this episode. I've got the same thing set up for the rookie episode next week. So if you if you hate it, if you love it, let us know. This is something that we're going to be talking about come uh, the draft season as well. Tiers of players um, heading into the draft and where you should be looking. And it'll be slightly different because with drafts, it's different because you're projecting. You're not going based off performance. Um, but the idea is the same, that you want those elite, great, good guys. You don't want the ones who are projected to finish poor or terribly, obviously. So the elite tier is players who finished with more than 100 points over the position average. So the number one quarterback overall for fantasy this year was, uh, I'm sure you can guess, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So he finished just shy of 500 fantasy points with 498 and an average of 29.3 points per game. Yeah. Um, I mean, what can you say about Patrick Mahomes? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, see, that's the thing is like a lot of these guys – we know what they are. They're amazing. Like, what else? What do you say about them, right? Like, although it's interesting with Patrick Mahomes, he was the QB1, but if you had one of his receivers, you didn't have a good season, right? Because he was spreading the ball around so much. Because he was spreading the ball around. Yeah, yeah. Not because of his, you know, lack of production. The production was obviously there, but he was spreading it around so much. Yeah, it's just he doesn't, like, outside of Travis Kelsey. There was no like singular guy who did really well in comparison to him, which is uh, not really the same for the rest of the guys who are in the elite category that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But it's just interesting for him as he was by far and away like the, the best part, part of their offense, yeah. but everything else was just so diluted that nobody else did well. 
Um, but his average draft position, he was going as the QB2 overall and 30th pick overall in, in most uh, drafts. And finished with 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 5,250 passing yards. And he had 358 rushing yards with four touchdowns. And he played the full season. So that's something to keep in mind as well, is where some of these quarterbacks finished, because you're going to see some pretty big names in some pretty low categories. But you got to remember, they didn't play a full season because of injury. Yeah. So at number two, Buffalo, Josh Allen. Four hundred. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, four hundred sixty-five fantasy points, twenty-nine point one points per game. So the difference there, like thirty-three fantasy points. So maybe that won you a week or lost you a week, but on a week-to-week basis, those guys were almost identical, both giving you 29 points. If you had either of them, you were happy. Yeah, and I think both of them will continue down that path. Like These are are the two real elite quarterbacks in the league that I I put them one-two either way. Like, doesn't really matter. Like, you're talking, how many points did you say? 36 or 33 between them? Yeah, in their total fantasy points, yep, thirty-three. That's nothing. Yeah, like that's you. You, you can. You should be happy getting one. One of either of the two of them. Absolutely, and uh, the fantasy community was actually pretty pretty accurate with that. Uh, Josh Allen was ADP quarterback one, twenty-first pick overall. So, just a coin flip between the two of them, who was going to finish first and second. So, if you drafted him at his draft cut price, that's exactly what you got. Um, and now this is why I specified how these players are uh, scored, because Josh Allen had a th- almost exactly a thousand less passing yards than Patrick Mahomes. He had four thousand two hundred eighty-three, thirty-five touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, but he had seven hundred sixty-two rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So if you're in a four-point passing touchdown league, you want that puts even more of a premium on those rushing guys. And Josh Allen is probably the number one quarterback finish in that league because of uh, the rushing difference between him and Patrick Mahomes. So just make sure when you're heading into your draft, you know exactly what your league's format is because how, how quarterbacks are scored based on the touchdowns that they score is going to impact where you're taking these players. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and he played 16 games, so he he did miss one due to uh, it was his elbow, wasn't it? I think he just missed the one. Yeah, he he hurt his elbow in a game and he missed one, but I think that that was it. I, he was pulled early two other times, but I think that that was like that was pretty late in the game still. Yeah, and it was blowouts. I think where it just wasn't worth risking him. Um, at number three, Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, 422 fantasy points, 28.1 points per game. His average draft position was the quarterback six, 55th pick overall. So you got a bit of a value there if uh, you took him after some of the other guys who were going ahead of him. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, you, you drafted him to be a quarterback one, and that's what you got. So the little extra value is just a bit of a sweetener on top, I guess. 3,700 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions, and 760 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns. So, like we, we talked about throughout the season, his rushing ability, one of the best in the NFL for, for running backs, and that's contributed by how the Eagles run their offense, but also he doesn't turn the ball over very much. So, he has a lot of big plays, very few negative plays. 
another like really solid pick for fantasy. Like he's he's right there with these guys. Like that doesn't surprise me. He's number three. Like I think he's right there, right behind these two. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, he only played in fifteen games because he sat out the last few um, due to. I want to say it was his ankle. And yeah, because no, they had, I, they were already like locked yeah. in for the playoffs, so there was no. I think it was in. more so that like he was hurt, but could have played through it. But they're not going to risk because of the playoffs. Yeah, they had already clinched. So what was the point in risking him? Yeah. So yeah. So I I think he probably could have finished if he if he had played a full seventeen games. I I think it's very possible that he finished as the quarterback one. Because there's yeah. only there's 70 points between him and first place, 76 yeah. points. So, okay, maybe not quarterback one, maybe quarterback two. Yeah, he'd be right there, though. Like, he'd be right yep. in that cluster with the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at the bottom of the elite tier, finishing at number four was Joe Burrow for Cincinnati with 420 fantasy points. He only averaged 26 points per game. Uh, so a slight dip there compared to the other three. And his average draft position, quarterback seven. 56 pick overall. So again, same thing. You got a little bit of value there, but at the end of the day, you drafted him to be a quarterback one. That's what he gave you. 4,475 passing yards, 35 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, 257 yards and five touchdowns. So more along the lines of uh, the Patrick Mahomes style of play, high passing touchdowns, low rushing output. But at the end of the day, he's still an elite guy. So definitely. Take what you can get. So moving on into the great tier. So these players had between 61 and 100 points more than the uh, position average. So at number five, Geno Smith for the Seattle Seahawks. There's a surprise. <laughs> there's right? our first surprise of the year. Now we got something to talk about. <laughs> there's a there's a couple. There's a couple surprises, actually. Um, so he had 363 fantasy points. Uh, 21.4 points per game. So this is where, and, and obviously, like I said, we're going to explain this a lot more in depth come draft time, but this is why tier-based drafting is so important because just look at the bottom of the elite tier, 420 points compared to the top of the next tier, 363. Yeah. So that right there alone, that's almost a 60-point gap. Yeah, and that's significant. And Geno Smith played all 17 games. So that's a full season. And that's not a bad season at all. Like if you had Geno Smith, you were probably pretty happy. Uh, He finished as a QB five, but that's the difference between the elite and a great player is that 60 points and over 130 point difference between number five and number one. So keep that in mind. And like I said, we're going to explain that a lot more in depth come draft season, but this is why tiers are so important and why you'll probably see them across the majority of fantasy uh, fantasy football like col- columns, uh, podcasts, all that, they're probably all going to talk about tiers. This is why. This is a great example. So Geno Smith was drafted as the QB 35, 241st pick overall. So a lot of leagues, he probably wasn't even really drafted because I think if you're in a, if you're in a 12-team league, I think, there's only 192 picks, if, depending on how mm. deep your bench is. Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance that Geno Smith was never drafted in your league, and he was picked up in waiver wires. So you basically got him for free, mm-hmm. and he yeah. finishes the QB five. So no one was expecting this though. Like he wasn't no. on the radar to have this kind of season. And 
I, you know, the Seahawks were just kind of irrelevant. Like, yeah, kind of just everyone had written team. him and them off, and then yeah. they played Denver and just absolutely smoked them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just destroyed them. And it's just, it's interesting to me that he had such a great year because, you know, there's been so much buzz around him because a lot of people feel like this was just the opportunity he was missing. But the talent was always there, but he never was really given that, like, bow to confidence, be like, this is, we're building the offense with you. We're going to work with you. We're going to grow with you. And he had an amazing season. So if you picked him up off waivers, he was a great pick. Oh, yeah. If, if you were able to snag him off waivers and you could ride him for the, the year, game changing. Like getting getting that great of a return on an investment in fantasy football, that can win you your, your league. Because if you, let's say you went with a late round quarter, like let's say you went Matthew Stafford. That was your guy because you bumped up all your other positions. You stocked up really well on running back, quarterback, or uh, running back, wide receiver. Maybe you took Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews as your tight end early in the draft. And then you managed to pick up Geno Smith off the waiver wire. That just, that probably, you probably won your league, I would say. Because um, you had a top five quarterback and you probably had a top five or multiple top five finishers across the other positions. So, that's that. That's where you want to find these these guys who are values in the draft. That's why I, I preach: don't take a quarterback in the first or second round. Because yeah, you do get guys like uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes in the first second round sometimes, depending on your league. Um, but then what are you not getting? You know what I mean? You can find a quarterback who can do just as well, not quite the same, but pretty close. But then you still get the top tier running backs. You still get the elite wide receivers, whatever, to balance out the rest of your team, and your team will do fine. I'd be very interested to see what you would do with a number one overall pick because I don't, I don't know if you would stick to that. Maybe I can I think of, I can think of one. I can think of one player, one running back that you that I could say with with confidence you would take first overall. Yeah, but I can't name another one like over Patrick Mahomes or, or Josh Allen. I think that there's probably two running backs, and then there's two wide receivers that I would take over either of them, too. Two receivers, really? I yeah. could think of maybe one, but I'm surprised you're saying two. And two running backs? Okay, interesting. We'll have to... We'll talk about that, that more. Part. Come closer yeah. to the draft. Yeah, we will. We will. And we, don't, and we don't have time for this today, but another thing that would be kind of interesting is looking back, maybe we dedicate half an episode to this, but some of these storylines, it would be interesting to track it in our own leagues. Like where, where was Geno Smith in our league? And because even the story about what happened to him in our league is kind of interesting. So it's interesting to, to look back and see where did some of these surprise players actually end up because some of them made big differences. But Geno Smith was an example where he actually didn't end up making a big difference in our league. Uh, he could have. If he was better managed, but he didn't. <laughs> yep. Uh, he finished with uh, 4,282 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 366 rushing yards, and one touchdown across 17 games. Uh, at number six, Kirk Cousins for the Minnesota Vikings. 349 fantasy points, 20.6 points per game. He was being drafted as the quarterback 15, 116th pick overall, so pretty good value if you drafted him at his draft cost. Um, 4,547 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 97 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. So this 
surprise me that he finished number six because at number seven was Trevor Lawrence for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I didn't think, like, looking back, I guess, on the season, like, I, I just felt Trevor Lawrence had a much better season than Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins is one of those players, though, that has amazing games and then follows them up with just terrible performances. So I think we remember the bad. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I mean, now he only finished with four more points than Trevor Lawrence and their points per game were pretty much identical. So yeah, they, they basically finished right on top of each other, but I, I don't know. I guess the storylines around Trevor Lawrence were just so much more positive that I just yes. felt like he did better than, because it was his breakout year too, right? Like he's been yeah. in the league only a couple of years, but he he finally kind of people are like, okay, he's arrived now. Whereas Kirk Cousins, I think, has had the same type of season for so many years that we're all just kind of like, okay, okay, we'll we'll see how he is under the spotlight because we know he chokes. Yes, <laughs> so he everyone does. just yep. is like with him. Yes, he does. Um, so like I said, only a four point difference for Trevor Lawrence from Jacksonville, three hundred forty five points, twenty point average uh, per game drafted at the quarterback 18 150th overall so again great return on value if you took the trevor lawrence uh, pick like you did mike um 4113 passing yards 25 touchdowns and seven interceptions and he rounded it off with 291 rushing yards and five touchdowns across yeah. 17 games uh coming in at number eight for detroit was jared goff with 341 fantasy points so the three of them were just within 10 points of each other, all drafted later in the draft. Um, Jared Goff was going as the QB 27, 195th pick overall. So a good chance that he might not have been drafted in your league. Might have been another waiver wire like uh, Geno Smith, or he was picked up as probably a backup quarterback. Um, but he finished in the top 10. He had 4,438 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 73 rushing yards, no touchdowns. So not really he in a in a four point uh passing touchdown system, he's probably not a top 10 I would say based on some of the names behind him and their rushing ability. But uh if you play in six points then Jared Goff like pocket passers do have a role as long as mm-hmm. they're scoring touchdowns and mm-hmm. throwing throwing a lot. So you got to pay attention to what offense they're attached to. And that brings us into the good tier, who these players had 31 to 60 points more than the position average. And at number nine, we had Justin Fields from Chicago, 329 points. He really Uh, turned it on in the second half of the season. He did, yeah. Now, he had an average of 22 points per game because of how well he turned it on, but he only played in 15 games. So... If he had played a full season, I would say he probably would have been in the great tier. He would have finished much higher. But at the end of the day, drafted a QB 17, 142nd pick overall. So great value on on that, especially in the second half of the year if you held on to him. Um, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people who traded him away or dropped him based on how the first half was going. But uh, a lot of his value came on the ground. He only threw for 2,242 passing yards. He had 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, but he had 1,143 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. So yeah, it's the along the ground he was able to make a really big impact. Like it really, he they were such a slow start for the Bears and they didn't have a great season, but like he really turned it on. And yeah, you're like if he had played a full season, he would have been much much higher at the end. Yeah, 
I've seen a lot of rankings going around right now that have him ranked higher than Jalen Hurts. And I mm. think I think that's, that's a, a little yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> a little bit too much rose rose colored glasses looking at the end of a season. Like I, I think Justin Fields is probably gonna be a top ten quarterback again. I, I don't doubt that at all. But I think Jalen Hurts is probably a top four quarterback. Whereas yes. Justin Fields yeah. might be more around like six seven ish. Yeah, that I that's kind of where I would place him. Like I there's no question to me that Hurts is in that top four. Like he might even be the number three in my mind. And Fields would be more yeah, like six, seven kind of middle ground. Like, yeah, that's I don't know who's making those rankings, but I think that that's not that's not really a clear picture of what they're gonna do next year. I think the Bears also keeping in mind, the Bears will probably have a better offense next year. Like they're going to make yeah, they improvements will. this offseason. Yeah. So I think people are maybe taking that too much into effect as well, but you know, they can take time for offenses to gel. It's not always instantaneous that it all works right off the bat. No, that's true. Uh, and number 10 for the Los Angeles Chargers was Justin Herbert, 329 fantasy points, 19.4 points per game. Now he was drafted as QB three 34th pick overall. So mm. you probably weren't overly happy if you drafted Justin Herbert at his draft cost. Um, still a top 10 finish, but you paid a top yep. three price for him. So yes. you probably you probably could have waited a round or two and picked a different guy and probably had someone finish higher than him. Yeah, like for him, he had a good year, but I, yeah, the value wasn't quite what you were expecting. I think people were expecting him to take another leap this year, and he didn't. Yeah, it didn't work out because he played all 17 games, threw for 4,739 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions but had pretty much nothing in the running game, only 147 yards. No rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Number 11 for Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. 321 fantasy points, 18.9 points per game, drafted as the QB8, 75th overall, so you're probably pretty happy. Drafted him as the number 8 quarterback, he finished as the 11th. Way, way higher than I would have expected him. Right? I know. (laughs) Yeah, but... Tom Brady's a very strong pocket passer, over uh, 4,600 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, no, very, very few interceptions, only nine. Uh, surprisingly, he had neg- he finished the season with negative one rushing yards, and he had one I rushing mean, touchdown. He accomplish that. You know, it's interesting to me, like yep. <laughs> the way I perceive his uh, year was much worse than that. Yeah, they just had a bad year overall, the Tampa Bay. So I think that colored his fantasy year. Definitely. Um, but I mean, that's also part of it when you're a pocket passer. You you don't really usually have like those highlight games. You just are True. are steady. You know, you're just in the background doing your thing, doing fine for fantasy. Uh, and number twelve for New York Giants, Daniel Jones, with three hundred nineteen fantasy points and nineteen point nine point per game average. Drafted the QB 28, 202 overall. So that's great value on, uh, that's re- great return on your value if you took him at his draft cost. You probably drafted him as your backup. Um, at number 13, moving into the average tier. So this is players who were a plus or minus 30 points at the position average, which again is 270 points. Mike, do you want to guess who number 13 was? Okay, so if Daniel Jones was ahead, 13, I'm going to go with mm, Aaron Rodgers. You got it. 
Nipples <laughs> finished it. at number 13. I knew 13. it was going to be him. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he finished at number 13. 291 fantasy points, a 17 point per game average. He was going as the QB9 in drafts, 89th pick overall. So Yeah, my hero. Your hero was going as a top 10 QB, finished just outside of it at 13. Um, it Maybe you were happy. Maybe You probably weren't just with how the season shook out for Aaron Rodgers. So um, he played all f- 17 games. And number 14, Tua Tagovailoa. 280 fantasy points, 21.6 points per game average. He only played in 13 games, though, due to the concussion and issues. Yeah, like the injuries really hurt his score this year. Yeah, I'm I'm confident he probably would have been in the top six or seven had he played an entire season, um, especially with his points per game average. Uh, he was going as the QB 16, 127th overall. He finished right around where you would have drafted him, but obviously with how the season started out, that's not what you were expecting, uh, but just bad luck with injuries. At number 15 for the Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, 270 fantasy points, 22.5 points per game, only played in 12 games this year. Mm. He was going as the QB4, 41st overall. So that really hurt you if you took him at his draft cost. Um, there's lots of guys on this list that you could have taken later who paid who paid out a lot more than him. But at the end of the day, that's, that's one of the factors in fantasy football that we can't control is no. injuries. Um, at number 16, Derek Carr for the Las Vegas Raiders. I would have expected him to be a bit higher, actually. Yeah, he just kind of kind of in the background for a lot of it. You know, no big, great games, but no real bad games either. Just I think that's pretty much been his career is just steady QB finishes. Like he's not going to win you a week. He probably won't lose you a week. He's just there. Yeah. Uh, but he only played 15 games too, so that might have be what's kind of limited him down here. Uh, he was only averaging 17.8 points per game, though, so a bit of a dip for him. He was going as the QB 14, 107 overall, so finished roughly right around where you where you would have drafted him. Uh, at number 17, we got for t- the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson. <laughs> He did it. Top 20 quarterback. Well, <laughs> yeah, in stats only is yeah. he right now a top 20 quarterback. I that's again, I think it's it's the, he did really well at the end of the season. Yeah, he that's did. That, that that helped boost him up a little bit. Um 256.7 fantasy points, a 17.1 point per game average. He was drafted as the QB 10, 76 overall. Uh, obviously just with how the season played out, what we saw, his fantasy finish, everything about his draft cost, if you took him there, you were disappointed. Um, and unfortunately, that's, like you said, uh, you talked about with storylines, that's a big part of drafting. Um, what, I guess, the general consensus on a player's storyline is going to be, you know? Mm. Everyone had painted the story um, that he was going to come into Denver, he was going to basically pick return to his his glory days he was going to lead the this high-powered offense and just none of that that panned out it was just a fiery plane crash and if you drafted him at his at that peak storyline cost then you, you were definitely disappointed oh yeah without it uh, yeah 
just nothing nothing went right there for you to even salvage it. Um, at number 18 for Dallas was Dak Prescott. Uh, so like I said, that's, that's a pretty big name to finish that low, but he only played in 12 games. So hard to finish that yeah. high when you miss almost half the season. Yeah, he's someone that at, you know, at a full season, he's going to finish higher than that. I, I'm still, I, I still think he's a bit overhyped. Like I, I'm not saying yeah. he's a terrible quarterback. I just think that he often gets ranked too high and I don't think he's had a lot of huge success, but we'll see, you know, get a little bit healthy, rework that offense around him. They, they might be able to, to make it work. Yep. We're going to have to wait and see maybe without Zeke there and you know they pump some money into some other positions maybe that's all they needed mm-hmm. right yeah but uh, yeah. he finished with 244 fantasy points a 20.4 point per game average he was going as the QB 11 so a bit of a bust there but i think part of again injuries yeah you can't you can't prepare for them mm-hmm. so that's unfortunately Sometimes you, you, you have to take you have to take your shot on the guys that you believe in and then just hope that they stay healthy because I'm sure like like you were just saying, like I'm sure if he played a full season, he probably would have finished around what his draft cost was. Maybe not in the mm-hmm. top ten, but pretty close. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I would say like definitely I would say in the top twelve. Yeah. It might have been 12, <laughs> but Yes, yeah. I think you yeah. and I have Dak in different positions. <laughs> Okay, well, number twelve was Daniel Jones. Okay, so yeah, I, I think he, I think he could have finished higher than Daniel Jones. Yes, he, uh, I think that could, would be close, but yeah, he could. Yeah, considering there was less than a hundred points difference between them, and Daniel Jones played four more games than him, so mm-hmm. if he, if he mm-hmm. had, if he had those points. four yeah. four games, twenty points, that's eighty points. He'd be They're very close, to, right? Yeah. Back yeah, to okay. back. That, yeah, I think that that's probably pretty fair in and around that area for him. Yeah, yeah there we go. That's a good comparison. Uh, <laughs> and uh, moving into the poor tier, so that is you had less than 31 to 59 less points than the position average. And number 19, Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals. Only played yep. 11 games, a bust season for Kyler. Definitely hurt you if you took him at his draft cost. He was going as the QB5. 53rd overall, um, 228 fantasy points at 20.8 points per game. The The entire storyline out of Arizona was just bad this season, kind of like the Denver Broncos. Like Russell Wilson finished ahead of Kyler. I mean, he played four more games than him, but that's something that I think Kyler, I don't think Kyler will be a top five quarterback going into the next draft because of what we saw this no. year and just no. everything that's going on with Arizona. Yeah. Um, but that there, the pendulum could overcorrect and then you can get Kyler out of value this season. So we'll see. Like nothing is ever black and white and locked in for the, for the NFL, right? Like the, the momentum is always changing. So we'll see where Kyler Murray's momentum falls heading into the draft. But if, if he's going low, I I fully think he's worth taking a shot on because, because of his rushing ability. Mm -hmm. Um, but if he's still going as like a top five, top six quarterback, I, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, no, that's too high. Yeah. Yeah. And at number 20 was Marcus Mariota for the Atlanta Falcons. 226.5 fantasy points, 17.4 point per game average. 
average draft cost was QB 32, 235 overall. So he probably wasn't being drafted, or if he was, it mm-hmm. was just as a backup. Probably got picked up on, over on off of sorry the waiver wire to replace the guy you did draft when he got hurt. Um, there's nothing special about his season. He played 13 games. He got cut from Atlanta. It is what it is. I mean, he just had enough good games where he did just enough to make it into the top 20 for quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Yeah. If he's 20, the rest of the list is relevant people. Exactly. (laughs) That tells you something. Exactly. And we're out of time anyway, so we'll finish with our, with the top 20 there. So next week we're going to be going into a rookie review of the 2022 season. Uh, We'll be going into some tier based rankings based on their performance as a rookie compared to, the average for their position. Um, don't, don't forget to check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, conquer your draft. We love engaging with you guys. If you have any fan questions, reach out to us there. Stay safe, everybody.